The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? It's your time! From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. This is the podcast that we produce Monday through Friday, unlike any other podcast in Greater Boston, except on certain days like yesterday when I took the day off. I didn't feel well. I was a little under the weather, uh, so I took the day off. Jim Henderson, my guest, do you forgive me for that? I probably we'll see how you earn your your keep here oh, in the next uh, the, hour or so. Fair so. enough. There will be double the entertainment today. Uh, Jim Henderson is a great friend of mine, a lawyer, but he's a Renaissance man. He, we're going to talk about music. We're going to talk about this very cool potential moment in voting. Uh, the way you vote, people, could be changed forever, and it's an innovative way that makes total sense. And yet, I bet you never have considered this. How's that for a teaser? Pretty. That's a pretty good teaser, isn't well, it? Well, hopefully some of you may have heard of it, but, that, but our goal is to make sure that more of you hear about it. And that's why there we're on this freaking podcast. That's why we're on this freaking podcast. You're allowed to swear if you want to, but we I appreciate the discretion. You know, some of our listeners might have delicate ears. Uh, before we get going with Jim, and we got a lot of fun stuff to do with him, as I mentioned, I do want to tell you about our sponsor, the U.S. Postal Service. Did you know that it's the second largest employer in the United States, the USPS, offering paid training and ways to move up? Apply today at USPS.com slash careers, U.S. Postal Service deliver for the nation. I also want to thank our friends at Adori, the podcast hosting company that hosts our podcast. Everything you uh, consume from pod617.com can be reached by downloading the Adori app. Now, you can listen on an Apple podcast. You can go to our website, pod617.com. Just click through whatever podcast you like. We got a bunch of them, all different flavors, vanilla, chocolate, strawberry, and, you know, other stuff. Um, But the Adori app is innovative. So what you do is Go to the App Store. Do yourself a favor. Do you like the bells and whistles, kids? Do you like gadgets and fun and ways to listen and consume things differently? Well, get the Adori app. That's A-D-O-R-I. It's, it's an anagram for radio, which is also fun. Just have fun rearranging the letters and then figuring out how to download the app. Your podcast will come to life. As you listen to the podcast, you'll also see images on your phone, not while you're driving, kids. I mean, be careful with that. But the cool thing is you'll see links and everything. So, Jim Henderson, let's come up with a, who is uh, your favorite. Now, Jim's a music guy, and he has a lovely voice, which I might persuade him to, uh, to sing later. Um, after all, we might as well make use of these microphones I paid for. Damn straight. But, but who is um, who's your favorite vocalist, like famous vocalist? So it could be, that could be someone in a band, or it could, I guess it could be an opera guy or whatever. Famous vocalist. Um, you know, that's a hard question. You're not allowed I, I, to say Jim Henderson. No, no, it, it, it wouldn't be me. You know, I'd have to think about like a, a good theater singer. Okay. I mean, I, I'm a, I mean, I love good Broadway music. I love music of all sorts. But oh, there I would, you go. I would okay. look to some. I mean, so who's your favorite Broadway actor? I would th- so, so like like uh, I mean, uh, Mandy Patinkin comes oh, to mind. Oh, great. Okay, so the reason I his bring voice it... is way too high for me to sing any of his stuff, though. So don't even ask. Talk about a Renaissance man. That guy can do it all. He he can act dramatically he's awesome in that that tv show what was it called homecoming no uh home uh homeland homeland uh he's great in that show which is like a spy thriller kind of thing he's hilarious in comedies like the princess bride and he can 
sing the shit out of anything you ask him to, right? So the reason I brought him up is right now, if you are uh, consuming this podcast on the Adori app, you're looking at a picture of Mandy Patinkin and a link to find out more about Mandy Patinkin if you want to. This um, is not so set up, go. folks. He's going to no. have to find it out there. Yeah. So. No. Well, the, the, yeah. In it, it'll it'll happen. Trust me. So. Um, let's, uh, let's get to business with Jim. Now this, um, I didn't prepare you for this Jim, uh, Jim, but we do lock people in the Boston vault right at the beginning of the show. So you, we, we're having the armed guards come in. Yes, there you go. Uh, don't worry. They're here for your protection. All these scary security sound effects. And there's like a big metal door right there. Wait, here it comes. Yeah, that thing right there. Sounds like a dungeon or something, actually. So we're going to ask just, just a few questions me, about your me. fair city, and there are no right answers unless I deem them wrong. But yeah. what? Uh, what? You grew up around here, right? I yeah, grew up in Wayland. Wayland, Matt. Okay. Yeah. So what was your as a kid? Was there a favorite ice cream joint that you went to either in the Wayland era or anywhere in the Oh, I, I'll, I'll go back. The place I remember as a little kid that my dad used to take me to. Uh, was a place called Higgins, which was mm. right on Route 20 on the Wayland Weston line. And again, this is when, I mean, Higgins probably wasn't there after I was eight or nine years old. Right. But I remember as a little kid, that's where my dad would take me to get my frap. That's nice. where I learned that, that the word frap actually has specific meaning and important meaning to New Englanders that other people around the world have wow. no, no clue about. So uh, that's, that's, that's the thing that comes to my mind first about growing up uh, in Wayland in terms of ice cream. You're going right to the, the top of the class with that one because we usually ask people locked in the vault if they know the difference between uh, a milkshake and a frap. And I presume you do now. Uh, well, I've known it. You know. And hopefully the rest of you listening are aware of that. Not everybody day. knows. Like the, the, it's, it's, it's a New England thing, but it's also a generational thing. I, I don't think fraps are really around anymore, are they? You'll find per it. Per se. You'll, you'll see... Uh, it, in fact, most of the ice cream shops I would tend to frequent will show frap. To this day? To this day. Okay. Well, I think a lot of them just have used the word milkshake, milkshake. loosely. Yeah, because the rest of the country, a milkshake has ice cream in it. But, you know, still, I don't know if you can find to this day just a, a, a simple milkshake. I don't know if they call it that. But around here, might only have syrup in it. It might just be right. syrup and milk, and they whip it up. Um, well, now that I think about it, that would that would classify McDonald's milkshakes as certainly a milkshake <laughs> and not a frat. Although I don't even you call that milkshake because it's not real milk. Right. Um, okay, what else can I ask you about uh, Boston? Uh, let's see. Have you ever atten- attended a, an amusement park in the greater Boston area or a water park, whether this is a memory of childhood or perhaps recently? I think the only place I can remember going to is the water park up in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And that, that counts. No, yeah. we'll, we'll go all New England. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's probably within the last 15 years. My kids were old enough to enjoy it, but much younger than they are now. Water country? Yeah. 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 Water country, is, I, I believe, is probably the one you're talking about. That's a big one. Yeah. Um, did you do the the most perilous of slides, the one that basically goes straight down? Oh, damn straight. Yeah, did you? Of course. <laughs> so you're bold with that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll do it, but, like, just once. Like, the, the ones that go straight down, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm Captain Obvious here. They're scary because you're flying straight down at a breakneck speed. But there's also something about the angle that I feel like at any moment... I'm going to here. I am. This is great podcasting because I'm demonstrating, but with using my hands here. But it looks good, everyone. Trust me. No, dude. <laughs> no, but what you know? What my point is, right? Like if it goes almost straight down, it feels like you can fly forward at any moment and become separated from the slide. Right. 
And then what happens? Now, what, what I think what happens is they've thought this through, and it, you're, if that were to happen for a second, you'll be back on the slide because you'll end up returning. It's but the good old physics. <laughs> Thank you, physics. Um, okay, so that so you you are you, you dig the water parks. You're, yeah, you're, yeah, that's it. I, I've never not had a good time at a water park. I mean, the worst thing that happens is you get stuck in line, or like you order French fries and it takes forty five minutes. They, they can never get that ready for water. It, it just has to be the right weather. That's true. It has Good to be the point. right weather. I mean, yeah. I mean, certainly you've seen people go to water parks on miserable days, and they must really love it. But I just, to me, that's sort of, all right, life's too short to be miserable outside, particularly if you want to do a water park sort of thing. Right. And I'll continue with the theme since since summer is still a recent memory yes. um, as we sit here in September. Um, favorite beach in this area? Are you a beach guy? Not a really beach guy. I mean, I, what's fascinating, my dad grew up in Florida. Mm. And so you'd think, beach guy. And as a kid growing up, never went to Cape Cod. Really? I mean, maybe once or twice. But I mean, unlike probably a lot of Bostonians who sort of see that as the, the, the place. Yep. Um, the beach I remember going to was like a gunquit up in Maine. Sure. Uh, my, 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 uh, my grandparents lived in Rochester, New Hampshire. And so if we went to visit them go up to a Gunkwood or maybe the Wells Beach, um, and it was damn oh, nice. cold. <laughs> the wa- oh, the water's always freezing. Oh, 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 yeah. it, it can be 110 degrees in the shade, but the water is still like, you know, 62 degrees for some reason. <laughs> yeah, right, that, exactly. that, that, for some reason, that that main water. I love a Gunkwood. I used to go as a kid, the summer camp I went to used to take us on the day trips or field trips, whatever we called them. And we'd go to a gun court. What I didn't realize is when you go with, with, you know, 250 screaming kids with a camp, they don't take you to the nicest part of a gun court. They took us to, like, the place where they knew they could drop the bus off and the kids could go to the beach and maybe get a little bit of saltwater taffy and then get back on the bus, kids. And later in life, when I went explored a gun court, it it's lovely. It is lo- it's lovely to walk around the, the area, yep. you know, get yourself a lobster roll, um... That's a good call. Yeah, and and really a better alternative to, to Cape Cod. Sorry, Cape Cod, but, um, you know, that bridge traffic is a bitch. <laughs> right? Yes, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right, so let's I've, – I've kept everybody in suspense long enough because we promised um, that uh, uh, Jim Henderson, my, my bud here, is going to revolutionize the way we vote. And that might be a slight exaggeration, but maybe not. So what you told me before we started recording is you are involved in a, in a mission – a movement to bring ranked choice voting to ballots and uh, voting booths everywhere, I take it. Well, certainly in Massachusetts, in that's our, our focus here. Yes, exactly. Uh, we are we are following the footsteps of the uh, the great state of Maine. Have we really? Oh, mentioned cool. that. Yeah. Uh, that enacted ranked choice voting on a statewide basis a couple of years ago. And we are looking to continue the momentum for this very important electoral reform by becoming the second state, and certainly a much more populous state than Maine is, uh, to adopt ranked choice voting on a statewide basis in the hope that it snowballs and becomes, becomes something that uh, is uh, used uh, countrywide. So what it, tell us what it is. What, it, this what is very the question, hell is ranked yeah, choice voting? Yeah, the very voting. question I had to ask before we started is what is it? So here's a basic concept here. So those of you out there who are registered voters, you've all gone and hopefully voted in some election. And today when you vote, you go into the ballot booth and you vote for one person. You say, here's my choice, and you go away. With ranked choice voting, you have the ability to rank 
as many candidates as you choose in the order of your preference. Okay. So if there are four candidates, you can say, hey, I like candidate uh, two, then a candidate four, then candidate one, candidate three, whatever order you prefer, and as many as you prefer or as few. Right. And the underlying concept is that in ranked choice voting, in order to win an election, the candidate must achieve 50% or more of the support of the voters in the pertinent district. So it may be your state representative district. It may be the entire state if you're running for governor. Mm-hmm. And that's different from where we have today, where we have a system where it's, it's just if you, the person with sort of the most votes in the first round. But that creates some problems with our election system. One of those is that you can win an election with less than 50 percent, in fact, way less than 50 percent. Uh, last year, there was a Democratic primary up in the uh, congressional district I'm in, the third congressional district, where there were 10 candidates running. Right. And the person who won the, uh, the primary won with less than 22 percent of the vote. Yeah. It's not That's even, just weird. Not yeah. even close yeah. to 50 percent. Now, right. She may have been the person who would have been the choice of more than 50%, but we don't know. Right, because you only had one vote. That's right. Right. And so that's one of the problems we're trying to solve, to make sure that the the representatives in government truly represent the the majority of the of the. Of the population in their district, mm-hmm. but one of the uh, another problem looking at it from the voters' perspective is that we have often been encountered circumstances with, where you might have been told you really shouldn't vote for person X because you'll be wasting your vote. Only these candidates can win. Well, this so, is like the Bernie, the Bernie Sanders comes to mind. Absolutely, right? yeah. Um, don't vote yeah. for Bernie because he's not. Well, that's different though because it's a primary, I guess. Mm, but well, but still, yeah. Well, you, yes, you can use Bernie Sanders. There are lots of good examples out yeah. there. Okay. Uh, but the idea that you as a voter are being told, even though you might like a candidate, you shouldn't vote for them. It's right. The, sort of this wasted uh, vote concept. And what ranked choice voting allows you to do is truly vote your preference. I like Fred Jones, mm-hmm. regardless of whether I think Fred Jones can win. But he's the guy who really represents what I believe in. Right. And if you cast your vote in a ranked election, you can say, all right, Fred Jones is my top choice. But, you know, this David Yaz guy ain't too bad either. So I'm going to make him my second choice. Right. And so – and it may be that David Yaz is the more establishment candidate. But you get to, as a voter, express your preference. If Fred Jones uh, comes in last in a multi-candidate race, Fred Jones won't win. But if no one's gotten that majority – uh, your vote can then transfer to benefit David Yaz, who remains in the process. And so it could be that a bunch of people um, also liked David Yaz as their second choice or what have you, or a combination of first and second choices that makes him the true choice of the majority of the district. You know, I heard that Fred Jones has a drug problem. You didn't hear from me, but I just... Uh, I just No, okay, so I have a lot of questions. Um, so say there are four. There's Fred Jones, there's me, and then there's... Um, you know, uh, Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse. Yeah, this is a, this is a jam packed race. There's Damn a lot straight. of talent in this yep. race, um, and I love Fred Jones. And you know what? I just he's the only one I know. I just want to vote for him, yep. and I don't want to possibly take anything away from him winning. So, it I, if I vote just for Fred, can I vote just for Fred Jones? Absolutely, I can, and I leave the others blank. Leave all those blank. Now, can but I if, go ahead? If yep. Fred Jones comes in last. Right. You have lost the opportunity for your voice to be heard in, in, right. sorry, in the next round. Yeah. So you're absolutely free, but it's like saying all right, if you had a runoff election, you wouldn't bother showing up at the runoff election for the people 
other than Fred Jones. Right. You're certainly free to choose that. But if you have an inclination to, to like one of the other candidates, there's no detriment to Fred by making a ne- another candidate your second choice. And so to continue to use my example, if there are those four, yeah. I can rank all four if I want to. Absolutely. And does it work like it would for, or I don't know what even uses this, but does is it just kind of tally up? In other words, if I put Fred first, he gets four points? And no. I, no. no. Does... So in each round, so you have to think about each round as being essentially a separate election. So you count up all the first choices in the first round. Right. And you have, so you have... I mean, David Yaz with 40%. Uh, yes. Uh, Mickey Mouse with 20. Minnie Mouse uh, with 30. So 40, 30, 20. And Fred Jones with 10. Right. Nobody has a majority. Okay. So you're not done with the election. No, screw you. I won. No, you don't. Not, not under these rules. No. So what happens now is that you right. eliminate Fred Jones, who's the last place candidate. Then you look to those ballots and say... Who was the second choice on those ballots? You get reallocated, and then you retabulate the ballots again in another round of counting. Each ballot counts only once in each round. So there's no violation of the one-person, one-vote rule here. It's essentially having a runoff election – but instantaneously. Wow. But you, so you don't go back and vote again. No, you don't. You're, you're you've talking. Al- you've already expressed your preference. Yeah, there are rounds of counting. Um, if you don't mind, um, I, I learned things better through cartoons, and I found one on the internet. Yeah. Um, and so, no, seriously though, this is one um, cartoon creator's explanation of ranked choice voting, and Jim's going to tell us whether this is BS. Everyone knows how voting yeah. works, right? Sure, I just put a mark next to my favorite candidate and cast my vote. San Francisco. Well, it's a little different than that in San Francisco. How's that? Right. Well, San in Fran- 2002, San Franciscans voted to use ranked choice voting, sometimes called an instant runoff election. Voters rank their top three candidates in order of preference. Oh, yeah, and if I really like someone, I can vote for them three times as much. Uh, no. Huh? See, it works like this. On your ballot, you'll see a list of candidates. For this example, instead of candidates' names, we'll use colors. Can we use cats and bunnies instead? Um, okay. On your ballot, you'll see the list of candidates. They're going to use colors right away, bringing race into the election, you know, playing the, the color, the race card. Come on, San Francisco. No, just kidding. Let's go. Candidates repeated in three rows. Your job is to vote for your favorite candidate, just like before, but also to vote for your second and third choice, too. There, you're done. Easy, and that's all there is to it. On the voting side, yes. The counting side is where it can get interesting. But that one, there were like 10 candidates, but you only got three vote, votes. Well, so see, that, so that was a rule in San Francisco where they had only adopted um, a system where they would only allow three choices. They've actually now changed that. Their next set of municipal elections in San Francisco will allow you to um, rank all the candidates in the race. And what we're trying to adopt here in Massachusetts would do the same thing. You wouldn't be wow. limited to th- just three. Okay, awesome. What do you mean? If any one candidate gets over 50% of the votes, that's it. They so, win. Okay. But if no one breaks the 50% mark, as usually happens with so many candidates in the race, there is what's called an instant runoff. Cats are in the lead now, but under 50%. Spider- he said it was going to be colors, and then th- he lied because we're voting on animals now. So when he said cats, Pay attention, he meant, Dave. He Come meant, on. They talked about it. <laughs> no, they said, did they? I thought he said colors. They, they changed. Oh, and then he said no. To ca- All right, so good. So the, he didn't play the race card. No. Um, kind of. I was I was busy making my joke. That's right. Yeah. So we got. He was saying cat. So cat. The the fictional cat here is in the lead, and the dog comes in second. Which is bullshit. I mean, dog is always going to be the cat. All right. Never mind. Here we go. 
Spiders came in last, so they're out. But everyone who ranked spiders number one will have their next choice redistributed and added to the overall tally. Now it looks like lizards are last, so they're out. And everyone who ranked them first has their second choice added. This process happens as many times as it takes for one candidate to get over 50% of the total votes. There you go, David. Wait, how did dogs hmm. get in the lead? Well, overall, I knew the dog was going to win. Second choice votes, dogs got the most votes. I guess they are loyal. And that is how ranked choice voting works. I like your explanation better, Jim, but those that dog was pretty cute. Yeah. So it, it, this is very interesting to me, and I, 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 there are still so many questions of which you know the answers. I just, I kind of don't know where to begin. That the the scenario we just heard with the cat and dog poses a, a scenario where the person who got the most first place votes does not win. Because again, yeah. the, the, the underlying rule is in order to win an election under ranked choice voting, you have to get fifty percent or more. Well, but that's easy to get. Well, in, 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 well, hold on. <laughs> but we all think about majority what rules are we, are we in our st- elections. I know. And so this what right. ranked choice voting does is, in fact, implements that truly. All right, math is hard, so help me. When you say someone has to get a majority, and so the dog got more than 50%, but that included some people who put the dog down as their second choice. Right, because again, what they've done is they've gone to these subsequent rounds of counting, and for the candidates that had been already eliminated because they had come in last in the previous round, then you look to the voters. Again, it's the voters' choice here. So your your vote, the idea is every voter counts towards a guy, but... Oh, okay. I think I get it now. Okay. See, I, I, unfortunately, I think I was thinking about like the Baseball Hall of Fame, where if you're I'm, thinking about yeah, a a a a, a, a um, weighted ballot. No, we're not. Dealing, yeah, yeah, not yeah, dealing yeah, with yeah. weighted ballots. So with yeah. a weighted ballot, like you, 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 in a manner of speaking, you can vote. You vote well, not in a manner of speaking, in an actual uh, sense, you vote for more than one person, and you can rank them. And so I don't know. Maybe I make. Maybe it doesn't go like this. But in theory, it's like if there were five people in the race. You rank them, and whoever you put first gets five points, and the next person gets four, and blah, blah, blah. And so under that scenario, someone who got the most first-place votes still could lose because if if you tallied up enough of those four-pointers, right, you could beat the other guy. Right, yeah, but that's not what we're dealing with. That's not what we're dealing with. Okay, I I know. I'm just sorting things out here. That's good. Yeah, well, okay. So back to the cat and the dog. So, so So what's kind of weird or a little bit counterintuitive about this is you could put someone, you know, third on, or maybe even fourth, but I haven't thought this all the way through. You could go, you know, cat, dog, and then monkey. And so, uh, and the monkey, I really only want to vote for the monkey if the other two can't win. But there's a, but there is a scenario where that will happen. And my one vote, the only thing that counts that I did will be that monkey that I put third, right? Well, if dog and cat have both been eliminated before the monkey. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Okay, so my vote count. Okay, yeah. All right, yeah. I'll I'll allow this. You can do this, Jim. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> I'm I I feel like this all this work we've put in has finally come to fruition but here, so, sitting in this studio. But so what? Like why? Tell me why you're passionate about this. I look at the election system as a very basic structural issue that impacts our politics across the board. In our current first past the post system. By its very design, it leads us to this two-party system, which is not always 
responsive to the needs of the voters. And in, in, in fact, today, I think it really leads to the polarization we see in our political system. And Oh, this where- is even more. I, I'm so glad you're here because you're so right. And I, now I'm thinking about a million things. And this yeah. is a good tonic. It is. It's. It won't be a panacea. But this is the perfect time for this because we live in this stupid black and white world where you have to choose sides for everything. And sometimes you can have a second choice. Absolutely. I'm now making your point for you. But keep going. Absolutely. And even in a world where uh, you have Democrats and Republicans are the predominant parties, if you give the voters the chance to say, hey, I can vote with a clear conscience for somebody who's not a Republican or Democrat, maybe a green libertarian or or, or pure independent. Even if they don't win, you'll have a much better sense of where the electorate stands. Mm -hmm. So today, in in a gubernatorial election here in Massachusetts, I mean, the libertarian candidate will get 3 or 4%. The green candidate will get 3 or 4%. Right. But that's in a system where people are told you can't vote for them because you'll be wasting your vote. With ranked choice voting, people will say, hey, I like the libertarian. And, but I can then say I want the Democrat or the Republican as my second choice, recognize that the Libertarian might not get enough to win. You'll have an election where the Libertarian will all of a sudden, instead of getting 3 or 4%, will get 15 16 17%, at which point whoever does get elected is mm-hmm. going to have to say, huh, that's a pretty good percentage of the voters out there. In fact, I may have needed those Libertarian voters right. to get me elected. And so how I'm going to work in government, how I'm going to govern, needs to at least be responsive to those other voters. So even if you're a libertarian candidate or a libertarian voter, by casting your ballot in an honest way, you may have an impact on how responsive the uh, our elected officials are, as opposed to basically taking their election for granted and say, I don't need to worry about all those other voters. Now, you're pushing this for Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, by the way, if you're interested in learning more, go to VoterChoice2020.org. Did I get that right? Yes, exactly. Voter to, Choice for Massachusetts. But the URL is Voter Choice. Yeah, VoterChoice2020.org. <laughs> okay. we, we are working to get this on the ballot next year. And so this would now it's so. But when we vote on it, do we give our second and third? I'm ah, just kidding. So <laughs> this is going to be a ballot question. Yes, ballot okay. question. We are currently collecting signatures throughout the Commonwealth. Uh, to get this on the ballot uh, next November. I used to collect signatures for my Aunt Marge, and it was a pain in the ass. Oh, but I loved every minute of it, Marge. It's just, it's, it's, <laughs> it's hard work. It's hard. I, I, it's hard. I, conv- it's hard. It. It's hard quickly explaining to someone that you really just want a signature because they always assume you want something else. Anyway, so you're, so you need the signatures yep. to get on the ballot. Yep. You, you you guys are confident that's going to happen? Absolutely. Though, right? Okay, good. Yeah, we we have a we have a fantastic team, a fantastic paid staff, fantastic volunteer team. Again, all in every corner of the state. I mean, it's actually a really remarkable thing we've put together. Uh, we've talked internally about where we stand compared to other campaigns out there, and uh, people not associated with us have have looked at us and say said, "Wow, you guys really have your crap together here." We're, well. Again, you can say shit, but I'll say it. You're, you can J- say that. Jim's more of a gentleman. He, I need to tell you that about yeah. him. He's a gentleman, and he, and he sings, and he loves Broadway. So I'm, you're a better man than I. Um, there's just no question. If we ran against each other, we would come second and third. You second, me third. First is, of course, the dog that we were talking about before because right. he was really cute. Uh, so, so sorry, folks. Can't help myself. Getting a little punchy late in the afternoon. So um, who would vote against this? Who wouldn't want this? 
It's, I mean, there I must mean, be somebody, I guess. There are. I mean, <laughs> there, I mean, there are people out there who are. I mean, there's Insane. no real. There's no real. Well, yeah, perhaps there's there's no organized opposition to this. I mean, there isn't. Okay. I mean, there That's are people out there who 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 are. I mean, just I guess familiar with the status quo, who might not be comfortable with with. I mean, new things. Although ranked choice voting is not a new concept, it's been used uh, in various places in the country for a number of years. It was adopted a hundred years ago in Australia. Right. Uh, so it is. Um, it is not a new concept in the look at, in, in the entirety of sort of the political science world out there. Uh, but right now, our our main opposition is just lack of knowledge. Right. We, our our job is over the course of the next year, as we have been doing for the past three years, is to get out and tell people around. And I've lost my microphone here. Oh, you have. Hold on a second. Uh, I'm back. I'm back now. How is it now? No, I'm now off. Hold on. Hold well, on. it's always some technical problems yeah. here, you know. By the way, we record yeah. out of uh, Westwood Mass here at Pod 617 where the, the headphones don't necessarily work. I just yeah. got to replace this one wire. How about now? I'm, no? good. I'm good now. Absolutely. Okay. I'm not so, going to touch it. No. Right. So, again, it, our job has been for the past few years is educating people about ranked choice voting, answering the questions, and make sure they feel comfortable with the concept. And as we go out and gather signatures, uh, and we have a big signature gathering effort happening this Saturday, uh, is again get the signatures, but also answer those questions because it, the more people are comfortable with this, the more likely they will vote for it uh, next November. So, will this encourage more independent candidates? And wait, before you answer that question, I want to add another question. So, we have the primary system here in yep. Mass. So, so, let's just talk about governor. We're talking about the race for the governor, sure, right? Governor's chair or whatever. Um, and. Uh, we do the on the Democratic side and the Republican side. Now I can see how it would work just fine for the primaries. There, there are typically multiple candidates for not all, not every yep. year, but there are typical multiple candidates. But then there's one nominee, and so then you've got Democrat, Republican. You could have independent candidates, and we absolutely. You know what? We do have independent candidates. And then we have people like Jill. What's her face with the. No. Rainforest Party. No, I'm sorry, Jill. <laughs> Jill, Stein Jill Stein with the Environmental Party, whatever hers is called, the Green Party. Okay, yep. now I've got it right. Um, now, see the people that now. Now I'm thinking this through. Like the Jill Steins of the world should love this idea, I would think, because mm-hmm. let's say she can convince both Republicans and Democrats that she's the second best choice, and then she can win. Well. Not necessarily, okay. because in order to not be eliminated, you have to keep from coming in last. So if you are the second choice of everybody, but no one's first choice, you're eliminated. You have to have enough first choice votes. Oh, because the first yeah. round is first choice votes. Okay. Right. Exactly. Damn, you've got everything figured out, Jim. <laughs> I've only been talking about this for about 15 All right, years. But, but so. nevertheless, I would think think okay so it doesn't necessarily encourage independent candidates again it it gives them the chance to reach out to people again without being branded as a spoiler candidate right you can't be a spoiler under ranked choice voting okay and again it it frees the voters to vote their preference so if there's some real rock star independent candidate out there who says listen to uh, i mean to hell with the democrats and the republicans but i'm really good and he or she is capable to convince enough people, the voters themselves won't have to at least consider the question, oh, can can they actually win? If the guy or gal is really good, they can vote for them, and maybe they, in fact, win. Mm-hmm. So it allows the, the, the independent and third-party candidates to be truly on an even playing field. 
then it's up to them to actually show that they are capable of doing what they hope to do in, in the particular office. I'm going to play a clip for you by a comedian who should be one of the big champions of ranked choice voting. You'll understand in a moment. But before we get there, I want to tell you about our sponsor, the U.S. Postal Service, second largest employer in the United States, offering paid training and ways to move up. Apply today, usps.com slash careers. From mail carriers to corporate management, the USPS works together to provide efficient, affordable service to the American public. The workers are the backbone of its service. And the USPS wants to develop and advance careers, so its development programs train and prepare employees for promotions and growth in a variety of business areas. Everything you need to know is at the website, usps.com slash careers. It's the policy of the Postal Service to provide equal employment opportunity and prevent employment discrimination. The Postal Service seeks to attract and retain a diverse workforce in which employees respect and value each other's differences and work to promote collaboration, flexibility, and fairness, much like the fairness that might result from ranked choice voting, Jim Henderson. You see, we can all all, be on the same page. It all comes full circle. It all comes full circle so that all employees at the USPS are able to participate and contribute to their full potential potential that marks 362 days in a row that i didn't get through the whole live read without a little bit of a flub nobody's perfect jim not even you uh, not even me <laughs> so I, uh, i'll admit that freely applied today the website once again is usps.com slash careers the united states postal service deliver for the nation i was just watching i didn't watch the whole thing but i can recommend this comedy special by colin quinn you might know him. He's a comedian. He never really hit it super big, but he's got this, I think it's a Broadway show that he turned into a TV special called Red State, Blue State. Is it on Netflix? I think it's on Netflix. I don't know. Google that business. Um, and uh, I'm going to play this. He talks about the whole Red State, Blue State thing is obviously a reference to the device, divisiveness in our country. I don't know. This is like a promo or something. Let's listen to a little we bit. We started of this. out with 13 colonies. We became 50 states. What's wrong with 13 colonies? 13 seems like plenty. We're already bigger than England and France put together. But we got greedy. We couldn't take the hint from God. God put mountain ranges, rivers, like to indicate those are different countries. The Grand Tetons, Mississippi, the Rockies, natural borders. Europe knew. Europe's the same size as us, made a bunch of different countries. Because they understood every 700 miles, people have a different personality. Do you think Hungary and Scotland have less in common than Utah and New Jersey? <laughs> Political division in the United States. Now, a topic ripe for contemplation, satire. Uh, and even yeah, that's Jack Ford. Colin Quinn, yeah, well, known guess, especially for. No, being we don't need to hear night. from you, Jack. Yeah, so that wasn't completely on point, but where he was going there was things are so different in different pockets of the country. Why do we feel the need to force everything into either blue or red? You're either blue or you're red, period. One of the, one of the, you mentioned or asked the question about people who would be um, opposed to this. And yeah. one of the questions that often comes up is, does this favor one party over the other? Is this just some liberal ploy to do? And right. the, the very concept of giving the voters their power, their, their choice, makes it clear that it's not a nonpartisan thing. It's basically whatever the voters want, whatever their choice is. Remember, voterchoice2020.org. But, right. Uh, but it's one of the voters' choice. So perhaps in a place like Massachusetts, it would might benefit more democratically-leaning candidates. But another state toying with bringing in ranked-choice voting is Utah. 
Mm-hmm. Utah is certainly not a bastion of democratic liberalism. No. But they have the same sort of concerns about making sure that giving the voters their their choice and making sure that their representatives represent the majority of the voters in their congressional district or state legislative district or what have you. Mm-hmm. And so the concept itself is completely party neutral. Right. And again, if you're a good Republican candidate and you can garner 50 percent of support in your district in Massachusetts, you're going to win under ranked choice voting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Um I guess that's right. I'm trying to think, is there, well, I'll just ask you the question. So the last gubernatorial race here uh, in Mass, uh, you know, I don't even have a clear memory of who ran against we, we Charlie had, Baker. We well, only had two <laughs> candidates on the on the general election ballot. It was oh, yeah, right? just a Democrat. It was Charlie so, Baker and, yeah, and the Democrat. Well, yeah. I seem to remember there were five the year that Romney was elected, yep, right? Yep. So 2002. Th- yeah, there was, uh, yeah, it was Romney. Sh- it was um, Shannon O'Brien. Shannon O'Brien, yeah. Jill Stein. Um, I can't remember. Sort of, there was an independent and then the libertarian. And I can't remember their names off the top of my head. There but was, yeah, there were five there candidates. There was uh, an offbeat lawyer named Barbara something who I used to know. She was up there. She yeah. was her big thing was fatherhood rights. She was a character, you might say. But she was up there for the 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 debate. So, in a situation like that, where let's say the I, I don't know remember how that turned out. Romney won. Let's say for the sake of argument, Romney got like you know. Well, I'm not going to do the 49% thing yet, but my point is, let's say between O'Brien and Romney, Democrat and Republican, that was 80% of the vote, okay? So, and then the other three divided up the measly 20%, or maybe even 90. My point is, in a practical sense, but that that was in a system where, again, you were going to be told that if you voted for Jill Stein— right. That you threw your um, that, vote away. That you threw throwing your vote away. In a ranked choice voting system, you wouldn't be doing that because you could say, I'll vote for Jill Stein, then I can cast my ballot for Shannon O'Brien. And, and I remember that election distinctly because there were debates where Romney and O'Brien were basically just hammering at each other without much substance. And Jill Stein, mm-hmm. God bless her at that time, was the one making the most sense. I mean, I, I distinctly remember the, yeah, she, uh, the She did well, yeah. Yeah, the op-eds in the Globe saying that Jill Stein was the adult on that stage. Mm. And so under a ranked-choice voting system, if you'd said, I want to I reward her for, for her candor, what have you, because Romney and O'Brien weren't doing that in that time 17 years ago, voters would have been able to do that, recognizing that they could have put Jill Stein as their first choice, and then whoever was their second choice second, knowing that they wouldn't be throwing their vote away. And yeah. so Jill Stein, who got 4 or 5% of the vote that right, year, right, right. maybe she would have gotten 10%. Would she have won likely? Probably not. Right. But again, it would have been a much truer representation of what the voters in Massachusetts wanted as part of that election. It boggles the mind. I mean, if you're even... I mean, I've... Enjoyed politics, kind of, sort of. It's, it's in my family a little bit. I did run for uh, elected office in the town of Sharon. I was town moderator for two terms. There you go. Ran unopposed, so this wouldn't have come into. Uh, yeah, I could have. I could have lost in a ranked joint voting to uh, no preference. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, uh, but or Mickey Mouse. But um, yeah, I just I just keep thinking of more permutations of this. Like um, it. Okay, so. You could run a campaign, like if you're Jill Stein, your campaign message could be, if not first, how about second? Jill Stein. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And and what's fascinating is that there's an absolute um, incentive 
for candidates to go out and campaign positively yeah. in order to get those second place ballots. So there's a great anecdote oh. that came out of out of Minneapolis yes. a couple years ago. So Minneapolis This is brilliant. Minneapolis uses ranked choice voting for their uh, municipal elections. And so they had a, a a race for mayor. This is back in 2017 where there were seven or eight candidates running, maybe even more. And at, after one of their debates, yep. After one of their debates, Seven or eight candidates, all oppo- they were opponents. They each wanted to win the race. They sang "Kumbaya" at the end of the debate because <laughs> they, re- cause they wait literally, quite literally. Oh, okay. You can you can find this out yeah. there on the internet. But the there's a, a strong disincentive for negative campaigning because if you go out there mm-hmm. and talk crap about an opponent, how right. many second choice votes are you? You just get? lost a second choice vote because you ripped the other guy. Yeah. So, so as a candidate, it's you brilliant. have you have a. You have the incentive to go out and talk positively, right. perhaps even to find common ground with your opponents. Right. Hey, Dave and Diaz and I may not agree on everything, but here's something that we do agree on. Yeah. And all of a sudden, hey, I mean, the David Yaz voters will still like David, but maybe they'll look at Jim Henderson and say, hey, but Jim and Dave think alike. I'll make Jim my second choice. And maybe that's the difference in the election. I, I don't see I literally don't see a downside to this. You know what the downside's going to be? Uh, I'll just go gloom and doom for a minute. The, the, no, so, but I'll, I'll I'll use the lowest common denominator example of going which is uh, a weird thing for me to say because I'm going to talk about the presidential voting, which I realize you, you, this is a Massachusetts effort right now. Correct. But applied to the the presidential politics as it exists right now, I could see a dynamic where Trump voters would not want this, would not want ranked choice voting. And the reason why is Trump ran on such a platform of being the outsider to an extreme. Um, and, you know, Trump voters wouldn't call him crazy, but as the as someone watching from the outside is like, this, this nutcase somehow won. Why? Because he said, if you want to blow up the whole system, vote for me. I'm the anti-system guy, right? So... Therefore, you would think that if you bought into that whole Trump thing, that you might you don't want any of those other candidates. Well, if you look back at the 2016 Republican primary, obviously this is pure speculation. Right. But Trump was sort of his own thing. Yeah. Rank choice system. Oh, he would have lost. Yeah. Somebody else would have gobbled yes. up the, the Marco Rubio and Jeb Bush and all those votes because they would have said, "We're just not Trump." So it would have been. You would have had the Trump being the guy who was trashing everybody, wouldn't have gotten any second-choice votes, where somebody else would have likely rolled those votes up. And then, God, this is fascinating. I hope everyone else finds it fascinating as I do. I'm just kind of taking this all in because then you talk about Joe Biden. So the the story arc went recently that all the other Democratic candidates primary are going after Joe Biden. Why? Because he's the front runner. we got to poke holes in Joe's game. But you, might not, you don't want to go after him too hard. Because then you're not going to get the people that go in and do vote for Biden, and there will be plenty. Yeah. You're going to lose their potential second place vote. So the one, and ironically, the if if we had ranked choice voting for the Democratic primary, it would be the opposite. It would be people cozying up to Joe Biden. It could, right? it could I, be I, I, absolutely. Right? I mean, just to make a very simple point, if you yeah. look at the. In a lot of places, you see the top three candidates, and I know this is, can change. We haven't taken any votes, but are Joe Biden, Liz Warren. And Bernie Sanders, yeah, and I don't think there's it doesn't take a whole lot of um, uh, speculation speculation yep. to say that the Bernie Sanders voters and the Liz Warren San- voters are close more closely aligned to each other than they are to Joe Biden. Okay, yep. And so in a ranked system, you would say even if Joe sits here at with a lead, 
Right. Uh, if one of Liz or Bernie get eliminated, where are those votes likely to go? More likely than not, more of them are going to go uh, to, to the, the other uh, to one. The other one. Right. And there was actually, uh, I think it was Vox.com did a, uh, has a page up recently that actually shows that working out sort of graphically, showing how ranked choice voting would apply to the uh, Democratic primary as it sits today, looking at the polling today. Yeah. And so, again, it's the, in the primary system, and this goes back to that third congressional district race, I mean, as a party partisan, one, the thing you want coming out of the primary is the strongest candidate. Right, and if you only indicate you get twenty two percent of the support, are you necessarily the strongest? God, that's candidate? another reason why it makes sense. I mean, for parties, for right. an individual party, yeah, if you really want your strongest candidate, this is the only the strong survive because because by definition, the winner's going to have more votes. Period. With a, with right, exactly. Uh, you're going uh, yeah. to get that fifty percent support. Right. Absolutely. You're guaranteed fifty percent, yeah. and you you could you could get even more. I mean, you, you right. could be yeah right. So. Um, and then your candidate has that much more momentum, you would think. And they've done the job to curry favor. They don't, they don't, you know, I mean, now it's like, wow. And what about contributions? Oh, my head is spinning. Right, right. Because, because like well, now, because now the, those, those, you know, the contributions, people split their contributions. They'll, they'll, the little here, a little there. Anyway, yeah. that's a whole nother can of worms probably, but you were going to say, sorry. Yeah, no, I was just going to so point out just a, again, anecdote recently, again, when, Jay Inslee left the race, and again, Jay Inslee was sort of the, the climate change candidate, the guy who's making the, the climate change the biggest issue of the campaign. Right. Uh, Liz Warren, our yep. senator here, quickly adopted his whole platform. Right. So think of that as essentially a, a method of sort a of— A ranked choice uh, voting uh, so, so she's by trying different to, methods. Yeah. trying to curry that favor with right. those Jay Inslee voters. Say, hey, he and I are aligned in our, in right. our, in our thinking. And so it's, she's taking the concept. I mean, yeah. obviously, Jay Inslee has self-eliminated himself from the consideration. Mm-hmm. But it's rather than going out there and simply trashing everybody else, where do you find that common ground? How about this? How about multiple candidate endorsements? How about you can wh- – why not endorse – in other words, I'm just thinking of someone Absolutely. Someone leaves, leaves the race – like, did Rubio didn't Rubio endorse Trump or support Trump or whatever? Like yeah. after he left the race, which was weird because they were at each other's throats before that happened. Right. But whatever. But uh, if someone drops out of the race, like in, in in your example, why doesn't that that candidate go to two different campaign stops and endorse you know both? Absolutely. Uh, you know, you Liz Warren th- and you and, have three people up on the dais sort of holding their hands up yeah. and say, "Hey." I mean, let's we're working together here. You could do that again because there's the incentive to do that, or yeah. rather, that there's no disincentive. Yeah. to doing that sort of thing under what do you call system. that on the on the TV show Survivor when they form a um uh, you know uh, goddamn what's the word you, you uh, get together and you form a, a cabal a bond we need to yeah. form an agreement a what the hell is that called oh my god every listener knows exactly what I mean that's right call no, call do, Dave later and later and tell him how. Um, I need to Dave Dave from the future who's listening to this podcast in the future come tell me now you know, on Survivor you form a a a come on well they I mean they they, <laughs> I used for, to watch the they, show they force all the time. you into tribes but no, that's not the term you're looking for no it's it's this is not an unusual word. It has just gone straight out of my head. People don't get old. Don't turn fifty. This is exactly what happens. To the candidate they would form these little clusters, right? So we have to form an, an alliance. School. An alliance. alliance. Oh my go. god! Thank God, I was like passing a kidney stone. Um, an alliance. So you could have, in theory, 
alliances among like candidates could make a deal. I don't think they they do this now because because no, the because the election system that we have creates a, a strict disincentive for doing that. Yeah, because the voters can only pick one. They can't rank their preferences with a rank choice voting, right? Because you freed the voter zero sum game, right? Yeah, you you by freeing the voter from the concept of wasted votes and spoiler candidates, you also free the candidates to go out there and find the best solutions as opposed to simply hammering away at the negatives of somebody else. All right. Well, you're gonna have to return to the show when we get closer to so November. If everything works out in November, it'll be on November 2020. So we, this is the beginning of a 14-month process for Oh, us. it's not till next year. Not till next year. Well, you can come back I'll before I'll come back another time. I'd yeah, love to. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, um, we haven't right, even got right, to 20, the 20, other 20, fun 20. things you, 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 uh, you uh, well, we'll teased mention earlier. Them. We'll mention them. Yeah, we're up against the clock because I just uh, – uh, Jim blew my mind and in a good way about this voting thing. And um, I hope your mind is similarly blown. And if you want to learn more, go to voterchoice2020.org. Uh, so Jim is a passionate singer. And um, – we didn't get a chance to talk about his music company, which is called In Good Company. Is there a website people can go yes, to? Yes, you okay. can go to ingoodcompanytheater.org. And uh, we do original musical plays uh, that touch upon interesting cultural or historical uh, topics. So one play that we do is called Hail to the Chief, which is a play built around historic presidential campaign songs. From, I love from it. Washington all the way down to John F. Kennedy. Oh, I love so it. So everyone is voting for Jack. Jack's, uh, anyway, no, you can do it. I wasn't telling no, you I to stop. I, no, 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 I have to. I have to sort of start off the, the song right. But anyway, we, okay. we, we um, the, the solo I have is about Calvin Coolidge, which is a fun song. Not that Calvin Coolidge was all that great. Uh, These but, are all original songs, right? They aren't like, or, or no, they, they were the, the songs that came from the campaign. So, oh, in a so you got it, the "I Like Ike" song in there. I like Ike, and Ike is easy to like. Stands alone, the choice of we the people. Oh. I like so. Yes, you have that. Uh, but we actually have a show coming up um, on Sunday, October sixth. It's a free show being done at the First Parish Cho- uh, First Parish Church in Waltham on, at Fifty Church Street. This is a show called The Golden Door, which is a show we perform in elementary schools that touches upon sort of interesting issues of immigration and diversity, uh, again, with the idea of uh, providing it to young audiences. And in a show that runs about 45 minutes, we sing songs in seven or eight different languages. Wow. And, uh, Melting pot. It, it, yeah, it really is. And it's a fun show. We perform with kids on a regular basis. And, again, we feel that we're providing with this group this interesting mix of non-Broadway music, however much I like Broadway music, but really using either historic music, folk music, and some original music to tell these interesting stories that are out there every day. Great. Um, if I attend that day on October 6th, I hope you sing happy birthday to me. I'll gladly. Hey, I'll, 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 I'll make you stand up, and the entire company will sing happy <laughs> birthday to you, David. I, and it'll be the best happy birthday you've heard in your right. life. The, the, the gauntlet it, has been thrown it, down. I may it, call that bluff. And if you want to come, yes. so again, you can go to ingoodcompanytheater.org, but we go. have a, 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 a short link to um, our ticket page, which is ingc.co slash tickets. Tickets are free. We're performing at 4 o'clock on Sunday, October 6th. We would love to have folks come join us in Waltham. Awesome. Yeah, I don't know uh, how I can turn that down. Well, it is my birthday. I might be drunk by that point. Well, I, what, Get, time, what time is the show? It's 4 o'clock. Yeah, I'll be drunk. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I'll say, if you're going to be drunk, don't come. It's a, it's a show for kids. But, but oh, come, God. and then you can have no, plenty of drink. I'll, I'll go buy you a beer after the show, David. No, I'll, that's fine. That's fair. Um, 
very good. And Jim is an excellent singer. And so, and by the way, he's also an excellent lawyer. Um, I've worked with him personally, and I can vouch for him 100%. He, he represents nonprofits. He serves as kind of outside counsel to small businesses. He does some estate planning. Um, while we're plugging everything, why don't we plug that? What, where's the uh, URL for your law practice, Jim? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I'm based out of my home in Still, Massachusetts, but I have, mm-hmm. I have clients all over the Boston area. Right. Happy to work with, I mean, again, I love working with people setting up new businesses. As you mentioned, nonprofits. I mean, it's something that's been a passion uh, throughout my life. Uh, but love working with people who are trying to start up new things and help you get started and work with you on everything that might be uh, encompassed with that. So that may be, again, setting up contracts, uh, getting a, I mean, buying a piece of property, um, right. and, and really working with you on all the matters of, uh, of your business, not just as a lawyer, but hopefully as a, I mean, it's cliche-ish out there, but sort of a trusted advisor, someone you can go to to talk about not just legal stuff, but how things are going with your business. I think that describes you well. I do. And... Um so if people want to get in touch with you, Jim you can, Henderson? Yeah, you can email me. So if oh, you want, if you want to um, contact me for law practice stuff, you can email me at jim at jdhenderson.com. And my, uh, my website is law.jdhenderson.com. We will have, if you're consuming this pod on the Adori app, another shout out to our friends at Adori, A-D-O-R-I, then you're looking at all that information right now, or at the very least, a link. Just click at the bottom. And it'll take you to all of Jim's contact info, and we'll put we'll put all this stuff in the show notes too. So no matter where you're listening to this podcast, go to the show notes, and you'll find out ways to get in touch with Jim, ways to learn about his music company, and ways to learn about ranked choice voting, which is so cool. As a final thought, um, you know I love Broadway, but I, I, I nowhere near as much as as you do. And I know you never turned down an invitation to sing. Is there any chance you know anything from Guys and Dolls? I know that's kind of like a it's probably oh, like a, I, like a JV the, the, yeah, show trying, for you. Oh, geez. Uh, I did actually perform in Guys and Dolls back in high school. I mean, but that's a long time ago. Oh. When you see a guy reach for yeah. stars. When I see a gal reach for stars. When, when you, you see a gent paying all kinds of rent for a flat that could flatten the Taj Mahal. Call it sad, call it funny, but, but it's, it's better, better than even money that the guy's only doing it for some doll, some doll, some doll. Guy's only doing it for some doll. <laughs> there you go, Dave. <laughs> I apologize for my role in those vocals. I did play gambler number four in Guys and Dolls at Milton Academy in my senior year. I hope uh, you had fun, Jim. I had fun. It was informative. It was a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And just really fascinating. I mean, my... I hope everybody. I hope this isn't one of these things that uh, only you and I find interesting. Most people, are, they like the idea. I oh, absolutely! Yeah. We get yeah. great response. Again, everywhere we go, we're very appreciative of the support we have again throughout the Commonwealth and, in fact, around the nation. Very cool. Thanks again, by the way, to our sponsors, U.S. Postal Service. Go to usps.com/careers for all the info there. Thanks to our friends at Adori. Download the Adori app, A D O R I, at the App Store. And if you want your own podcast. Lest I forget, we produce them here at our Westwood studios. Go to pod617.com. You could be the next big podcast star. On behalf of Jim Henderson, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Enjoy the day, everybody. You must be the other guy.